Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. No fear, no political correctness, no wokeism. You're listening to Underground USA. Before we get into this week's segment on Talk Back with Chuck Wilder, broadcast on CRN Digital Talk Radio, I want to take a moment to ask parents to make sure that they protect their children this Halloween. We've got a lot of nefarious actors on the southern border. Uh, We're seeing a lot of fentanyl coming across the border, and some of it is fashioned in the shape of candy, or at least candy-looking. You have to go through every single piece of candy that your children get when they come home from trick-or-treating. Look for holes, slices, anything in candy wrappers that has to be thrown out immediately. In the past, we've seen really sick people putting needles and razor blades into candy bars and candy, and I would never accept fruit, although it's, it's a shame because fruit's better for you than candy, but candy's good. But the fentanyl is a serious issue. Even just a little bit of it can kill a child. So if you find something that you think is suspect, pull it aside. Don't let them eat it. Don't let them even touch it. And you shouldn't touch it either. Put it into a bag. Bring it over to the police station. That sounds like overkill, but a lot of municipalities will x-ray candy bags. I know some hospitals around where I grew up did that. If you brought it in and they weren't busy, they'd be happy to do that. But you have to be vigilant about what your children are picking up in their trick-or-treat bags this Halloween because their life depends on it. In fact, you should go a step further and tell them how important it is not to eat any candy while they're trick-or-treating. It could be the mistake of a lifetime. That said, I hope everybody has a happy, safe, and fun Halloween. It's one of my favorite holidays because you get to leave reality behind for something that's perhaps a little less ghoulish than things in the headlines today. I'll be right back with my weekly segment on Talk Back with Chuck Wilder, talking about the article Missing the Lessons of History over at UndergroundUSA.com. My name is Frank Salvato. You're listening to Underground USA. Be back in a minute. Like a good neighbor? More like a creepy neighbor. State Farm is asking hundreds of insurance agents to volunteer for a unique project. The goal? Get agents to purchase books about gender fluidity that are specifically written for kindergartners and then donate them to classrooms, community centers, and libraries. Big, woke corporations like State Farm recruiting agents to talk to kindergartners about gender fluidity and transgenderism? That's creepy. Visit likeacreepyneighbor.com to get the facts and take action. Paid for by Consumers Research.
Right now, I want to go to the one and only Mr. Frank Savato, host of the Underground USA podcast, heard everywhere podcaster heard. He is the author of six monographs examining political and ideological threats facing our country. And he can be heard twice weekly on the Captain's America Third Watch, syndicated nationally on Salem and Genesis Communications and affiliate stations. His website, undergroundusa.com. Hey, Frank, how are you, sir? Mr. Wilder. <laughs> I love that. It's just so much respect tossed down on me right here at the top of the hour. Just uh, <laughs> what have I done to deserve that, mister? I, I just don't know. Uh, if, it, if, it's, if it sets the tone for, for the next hour, then so be it. So be it. Well, you know what? The next hour is going to be about missing the lessons of history. If I'm up on your latest there, because that's the latest I got, and I love that thing about history repeats itself. Hey, by the way, and speaking of uh, <clears throat> things going on, I had a story earlier today, and I said, boy, i got to tell Frank uh, about this one. See if he... There was this uh, dead dog that received a voter registration form from a Democratic <laughs> Party. And uh, it was, uh, I think it was Michigan. Let me see here. Da, 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 da. Where does it say where it was? Uh, do, 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 do. Can you believe that? Boy, they sure sure don't want to give the, the critters there that did it there. What do you got to do? Turn the page. Oh, here it is. Michigan Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson has refused to remove all these documented people from Michigan and the dogs, too, because this was a dead dog. Oh, boy. What in the yeah, this was going on. This was a woman who swore up and down uh, after the last election in 2020 that everything was on the up and up. It was the most mm -hmm. the most perfect and secure elections ever, ever, ever. Cross my heart, hope to die, stick a needle in my eye. <laughs> there was no fraud at all, and yet she refuses to purge voter rolls, which is something that responsible secretaries of state and and director of elections do. Um, well, yeah, and, and to include puppies, I guess. I guess. I'm, boy, I'm telling you. Uh, but yet they say there's no voter fraud. And that's uh, the reason Twitter, I always have to bring this up, you know, that's the reason Trump got banned on Twitter, because he mentioned voter law. And they said, no, we, mm -hmm. have, we have banned you because <laughs> there, you're, there is no such thing as voter fraud. You know, there was my I was talking about this with my with my sister who lives in Hawaii, and she said, I don't know why we aren't moving voter registration and, and voting to blockchain. It's transparent. You can follow you can follow everything that happens. It's locked in. No one can manipulate it. And the more I think about it, the more that's a hell of an idea. Yeah. What was that? We have again? to block block in or what? Well, what was that? Block, block, blockchain. It's blockchain. it's what crypto it's what cryptocurrencies use to verify and and log into history transactions, and you can see these transactions all the way back to the very beginning on the blockchain because so many different places have to verify it to get it onto the blockchain that there's it's virtually impossible to manipulate and edit these things. So when you're looking at something so permanent as blockchain, we should be exploring that for voter registrations and voting. So people like the Secretary of State of Michigan, 
will be relieved of the responsibility of actually having to maintain voter rolls because obviously she doesn't do it. You know, she'd rather keep dead people on the rolls so that uh, that there can be some plausible deniability about whether or not the vote was true or not. Boy. You know, in your latest Missing the Lessons of History, uh, doomed to repeating the mistakes made in our past, boy, it seems like it's like they, they get a pass for forgetting about the past. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's, it, it's kind of like selective recall. I was doing yeah. some research on quotes about freedom. Uh, I was getting something together for a, for a client, and, and I was researching some audible quotes on freedom. And the 1964 speech by Ronald Reagan in support of Barry Goldwater came up. And I clicked on it because I knew there were some in there. I wanted to mm-hmm. mark down some timestamps to see what I could pull and what I couldn't pull. And I just got caught into the speech because it was so incredibly relevant to today. The issues that he was discussing, inflation, unemployment, sovereignty, the erosion of freedom, taxation, runaway federal government, it, it, was, it was as if he was on the stump today. It, it was eerie, hauntingly eerie, that it mirrored almost exactly. If you took out the references to Goldwater and to uh, income circa 1964, because when you hear those numbers, your your eyes just get wide. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm annual income of $7,000. You know, that's how far we've come since the 1960s. The annual income, average income was around seven dollars $8,000 back then. Mm-hmm. You know, a car costs sixteen hundred dollars. We have we have just exploded from that time. But that speech, that twenty minute speech, is as relevant today as it was then, and that tells you that we're cyclical. Anything that happened to to make our country a better place, going into the late seventies and the early eighties, the wall coming down. America being being yeah. the land of prosperity and opportunity, it's evaporated in less than 30 years, 40 years. We're right back to the same fascist tyranny that we were at when we, when we were dealing with the, Lyndon Johnson. We need to get some plagiarism, I guess, and uh, somebody has to repeat that speech, right? Well, there was I, I saw an an article, and I heard this this young lady on podcast. She's a muckety in Washington. She's worked with Jim Dement and worked with the Senate and worked with the House, and she's popular on the Hill. And they're calling her an expert about where government should be going, and especially the conservative movement. And she wrote an article about how we have to turn we we have to leave Reagan in the past and move forward. And I couldn't disagree more. W- what he was saying in this speech. And what his entire presidency was based on was American individualism, American excellence, low taxes, less government, less dependence on, on globalism. It's exactly what we need right now. So I, I was shocked to hear this person say, well, Reagan was good for his time, but he doesn't apply to now. She kind of sounded like Democrats talking about the Constitution. The Constitution was good for 1789, but it's it's got to be malleable for 2022. No, it doesn't. Well, whenever you bring up the words less government, you know, all of a sudden they panic because, ooh, 
Is that my job he's talking about, less government? Uh, but, but I'm so important, you know, I'm, I'm the one that uh, tells you where you need to park your cars, you know, or whatever. You know what I'm saying? I wonder how yeah, many you're, government you're, employees you're, you're there fine. are. I bet I'm talking to the right guy, too, Frank Savato. Any idea how many government employees there are? Because, I mean, you know, you've got the post office, right? And then you've got all the other, you know, uh, mili- in- not military, but police <clears throat> Police forms that we have now, you know, the Department of Justice, the FBI, the CIA, boy. So you can't They're have less that, government because those people, those poor people would be out on the street. <laughs> yeah. They're saying they're saying that, uh, that it's a little bit over 2 million people. And I'm going to say 2,087,000 yeah. until after the election. And then maybe we can get rid of those 87,000 IRS agents that were just – uh, just ordered from from this Congress. I knew because that figure Lord, rang a bell. <laughs> yeah, My yeah. A, a more a more a more ridiculous yeah. uh, acquisition of employment is is seldom seen when you are in an, an era of inflation like we are, when Wall Street is running rampant, when uh, when the World Economic Forum is engaged in how we do our business over here by by promoting ESG scoring, and then they want to tax, they want to put out an army of IRS agents to tax middle class. Are you kidding? <laughs> that's uh, that's the stuff of the Hunger Games in Capital City. Well, the word that uh, they hate for me to use, worser, and it worser. is getting worser and worser and worser, and it's going to get worser. Because, you know, whenever you start getting rid of things that we really need, and especially the education, starting all the way back to first grade, all right? I'll leave the kindergarten children alone for just a a time being, and you really don't want to because it's, I think it's stretching even from there from what I'm hearing, and I'm talking about the wokeness mainly. But uh, we're we're really in trouble, and they don't want to teach American history whenever it was, you know, no. America is number one and there's no doubt about it. For a very long time, and this just dates back to when I was in school and, and it was started, it was already well established then. Uh, U.S. history was pretty much the founding of the country through the Civil War. Mm-hmm. When you got into Reconstruction and, and then you got into the, the Industrial Era, uh, there was the end of the year and, and that was it. That's as far as you got. You didn't get any contemporary U.S. history. And and that we had repeated itself, and you went deeper into the subjects as your as your grades progressed, but you never really got into the Industrial Revolution. So you don't you never heard about the Wilson administration or or yeah. dug deeper into the Roosevelt administration than the New Deal. So we because never they had already never indoctrinated, right? They'd already well, they didn't want to mention that stuff, you know, socialism already in your schools. Yeah. Yeah, we did we didn't we've never covered the fact that there's been fascists in, in fascist governments in the United States in the schools. So when you hear it it sounds absurd. But but Wilson by definition and Roosevelt by definition. I'm not name calling here. This is by definition. The way they executed government was in a fascist model. It, it, there's no way to argue that anybody who reads up on the on the ideology of fascism and the genesis of it and how it was employed sees it plainly. And, and I've mentioned this before. Even Mussolini even wrote letters to Roosevelt 
saying that he loved the American kind of fascism. And Roosevelt wrote back saying that he was an amicable chap. <laughs> you know, the only, the only reason fascism got a bad name in the United States is because Hitler went way too far and started wiping out mm -hmm. people through mass genocide and the Holocaust. Otherwise, fascism wouldn't be a bad word here. But when you look at Obama and you look at Biden and you look at uh, Clinton to a certain extent, he wasn't as bad as those two, but LBJ especially, they were all fascist model government. Executive branch thuggery in, with complicit congresses, and they manipulated the private sector industry to do what they wanted, what they couldn't pass in Congress. What a government couldn't execute, they arm-twisted the private sector to do. Hmm. That's fascism. Yep. And, you know, in a, there were a lot of uh, older people now where their parents were talking about how great Roosevelt was. And when he died, they cried. And, you know, and it's uh, you well, just sometimes today. don't get the truth. Hey, Frank, we got to take that break real quick. And uh, correct me if I was wrong on that when we come back. It's, uh, what, what do you say, Chuck? A 5% chance you're, you could be wrong? I would say 85% chance, okay? Yes. UndergroundUSA.com. That's the website for Frank Savato, and we'll be right back. Did you know that Yopon is the only tea plant indigenous to the United States? Hi, I'm CJ, the owner of Emerald Coast Tea Company. We have a line of Yopon teas and Yopon tea blends that will open your eyes to tea that is literally made in the USA. Check out our entire line of teas at www.emeraldcoastteacompany.com. Honey, this ain't your mama's tea. Everybody's talking at me. Chuck Wilder, CRN, with my guest Frank Savato, and it's undergroundusa.com. And uh, if there's one person that can really square me away here and, and get me up to date, <clears throat> you know, when I mention Roosevelt, all right, and I'm thinking mainly we're, we're talking about education and history you're getting in school today and stuff like that and what they ignore, uh, but, you know, I remember, Frank, that whenever I was a little taught how my parents, especially my father, would brag about Roosevelt and all the great things that he was doing and blah, blah, blah. And my father was in World War II. And I'm wondering, mm -hmm. and you're, you're an expert on this. I really think you are. <laughs> Do parents sometimes confuse history to their children, you think? Well, parent, parents are, are human. You know, yeah. there's, no, there's, no, there's no operating manual that comes with the birth of a child, so you do the yeah. best you can. But there is for school, but they're not following it, right? Operating no, manual. <laughs> school's, a little, school's a little bit different. We've gotten away from teaching critical thinking skills for sure. Uh, we're in this age, and you wanted to say, let's let's not talk about kindergarten. Hey, they're bringing, they're bringing drag queens in to read stories oh, to kindergartners, so I'm huh. pretty sure that kindergartners are in. So is preschool. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, getting to, to address Roosevelt, People remember him because of how he performed during World War II, and rightfully so. He, he, he was a good commander-in-chief going through that global conflict. He amassed the right generals. We took the chances, and we prevailed. 
They also remember the 30,000-foot view of how he got us out of the Depression. But when you start to actually get into what was done during the Depression, how he wanted to pack the courts to get his way and circumvent right. the Constitution, and, and a lot of economic experts are, are theorizing that if he just would have left the economy alone and let some banks fail, we would have gotten out of it a lot better off than having the Federal Reserve the way we have it today. And, you know, hindsight is always twenty twenty, so you, right. we can debate that from now until the cows come home. But the New Deal... When you examine examine the moving parts in the New Deal, was demonstrably socialist. It was collective. It was let's uh, let's take from take from the whole, put it together, and we'll redistribute wealth the way we see fit. Hmm. You know, Social Security. In the beginning, when they right. came up with the plan, it was supposed to convert to an annuity that was private. But Congress said, "Whoa, there's a there's a lot of money coming in here." Yeah. Let's get our percentage. We can, yeah, we could probably use it and promise it later and just raise taxes down the line to be able to cover that bill. And now that's exactly where we are. The hey, bill by the due. way, do you have any, any guess how many Social Security employees there are now? 16,000 no maybe? <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. You know, yeah. I'm sure the, it, will, it could be augmented up to 87,000. But, there you, you know. go. <laughs> Holding AR-15s, yes. Yeah, and it, and that's the scary part. A oh, good yeah. portion of that 87,000 new IRS employees that they want to hire would be authorized to carry firearms. Right. So you're trying to tell me that's just an auditor? That's just someone who's coming to help you fill out your, your, your tax forms at the end of the year? It's just so he can fill so. in the blanks. <laughs> You know what well, I mean? no, yeah, no really? pun intended. I know, <laughs> but that's uh, that's where we are, and uh, the fact that we don't teach contemporary history, and that you don't hear about Wilson and and a comprehensive study of Roosevelt, and a comprehensive study of Johnson and and the Great Society, all all socialist programs that were implemented and enforced through a fascist model of government. You know, it's funny. I yeah. was going to mention Johnson, and then there you went. Bam, Johnson. See, that may be the most frequent. Well, the, the most recent, I was going to say, but then I think Obama got a little carried away with certain things, too, you know, especially health care. Health care. That's the number one thing on the communist list of whenever you take over a country. And number well, one, health care. Despots always target Three things, firearms, food, and health care. If they can control all three, the next step is education, and then you're doomed. And right you now we're keeps, teetering on, yeah. we're, you know, we're, if it wasn't for the Second Amendment and people defending it, we would be teetering on the doomed. Well, we're teetering on a break right now again. It seems like they come pretty close sometimes, yes. Frank Savato, <clears throat> pardon me. Host of the Underground USA podcast. Remember that website, undergroundusa.com. Captain's America Third Watch. And that's syndicated by Salem and Genesis Communication. It can be heard, uh, let me see, twice weekly. Yes, we'll be right back. 
Levi's became iconic by making tough pants. Now they're notorious for pushing progressive politics, opposing the Second Amendment, attacking popular voter ID laws, and Levi's screws their workers, furloughing thousands while rewarding rich shareholders. A top female executive unable to speak freely. Rather than leaving China, CEO Chip Berg makes excuses. An American icon washed away by woke politics. Levi's, serve your customers, not woke politicians. This message was paid for by Consumers Research, a 501c3 educational advocacy group. To learn more, log on to consumersresearch.org. Everybody's talking at me. CRN, Chuck Wilder here. Always a pleasure to have the one and only Frank Sabato, host of Underground USA podcast, undergroundusa.com, uh, talking about the missing, the lessons of history. And as Frank states in this article, it's, it's not absolutely the failures of our education. It's uh, also our failure as a society to educate ourselves on history and understand it and learn from it so as to craft a better way forward. But it's like when I see that, you know, the first thing that came to my little tiny brain was these people that were protesting the schools, you know, in their meetings, the Mm so-called, remember whenever they used to always say, oh, you got to attend the school meeting, you know, you have to participate. Um, So I don't know how much of it is our fault. And maybe a heck of a lot of it is the fault that the, the schools have taken over and they're not going to teach any history because they don't want to embarrass foreign students that didn't land a man on the moon. I always remember reading that article. Wow. Well, so, I, I'm going to take issue with that a little bit because okay. if we were pres- providing proper oversight to the election of the school boards and what they were doing, they wouldn't have gotten away with what they have been able to do with curriculum. You know, just because you elect someone to do a public job doesn't mean that they're not still your employees. All right, let me jump in here real quick, okay? On the CRT, correct uh, Mm -hmm. system there, the guy's pushing, you know, those books for uh, racial theory are being sold by the attorney general's daughter's husband. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So <laughs> that's kind of ironic, yeah. and there should be a law on that one. You need to look at, at who these people are. And, again, this goes back to the very basic principle of providing oversight to who you elect. Oversight. You know, yeah. we've, we've gotten to a point where we, well, we do the election, and then we just walk away from government because it's just too icky to talk about. Mm. Well, that's how they get away with doing what they're doing. It's taken a hundred years, a hundred and twenty years since since the Wilson administration hit on hit on the scene, but they've been encroaching over the line of what their enumerated powers are ever since. And if it's a government of the people, by the people, and for the people, the people have to be responsible enough to provide knowledgeable, educated oversight. If we would have been doing that all along. They wouldn't have been able to institute what they've done today. There'd be no deep state. The bureaucracy wouldn't be two million strong. We wouldn't have a runaway Justice Department because people would know who they are electing. And then this is from top to bottom. We started talking about the school boards. It applies there, too. People, Parents are now waking up because their kids are bringing home things that are just yeah. extremist and atrocious. So they attend the meetings now. Well, where were they when these people were deciding this is where we want to go with the curriculum? 
they were too busy doing what their life is. You know, no, much, uh, I, I'm, yeah. I'm not going to I'm not going to lay all the blame at their feet because right. our government's done a, our society has done a really good job of mandating a two person income in a house in order to keep up with the Joneses. And you've got people like Hillary Clinton suggesting that the village can raise your kid and you can just go out and enjoy your life. Well, when you have a child. You need to take responsibility for raising that child it does not take a village to raise the child. It takes a parent to raise the child. Right. How much responsibility do you put on TV, uh, mainly TV, I guess, and then, you know, you've got all the websites and <clears throat> all the distractions uh, because, so you know, you didn't have that in the, that much video in the 50s. Yeah, video games. I mean, you know, when you're talking about media, and this is something that, that uh, Bernays knew very, very well at the turn of the century, and then Bernays is somebody and, and Lipman. They were two names that were synonymous with American-style propaganda that Goebbels thought was so fantastic and so effective that he modeled the German propaganda machine after the American propaganda machine of the Wilson era. It, but we wouldn't know that because we don't have contemporary history being taught in our classrooms. So when you can manipulate the media to – seed ideas you know you look at the sitcoms today I, I don't usually watch entertainment television because there's just too much reality tv happening in the current events and on, on the world stage that's reality tv for me but when i watch entertainment television there isn't anything including commercials that isn't complete me completely ideologized you have to have a certain demographic. You have to have so many of this demographic. There, right. If you don't see a a, a sexualized uh, character in 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 an episode, then it's lacking. You have to push the LGBTQ thing in every right. single episode of something. You have right. to mention racism in every single episode of something. So you see the messages. It's not even subliminal anymore. You know, we go back to the 40s and the 50s when when people were outed for um, inserting frames in movies that said, buy popcorn, you're thirsty. <laughs> you know, that would just go by in a flash of an eye, and then you're like, I, I think I want some popcorn. Well, they stopped doing the subliminal stuff because we caught them. They're just doing it overt now. If you watch popular television and you're not embracing the LGBTQ culture, if you're not embracing the idea that there's systemic racism, then you feel like an outsider. And they're doing this on purpose. You know, and that's why you see will, writers yeah. and actors and, and people who, who exist in, 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 in a traditional Americanism, they're being pushed out while this yeah. new crop of woke actors and writers and producers and directors are being brought in. You know, and they may have a good theme or a good subject that's going on. You know, like if it's uh, one of these drama shows, you know, the FBI or something like that, or you know, nine one one. But mm -hmm. I, but you're right. It might be a good theme of what's happening, and you want them to save whoever's you know about to die or whatever, right? But it's still got to be this woke thing. It takes ten minutes here, oh. five minutes here, six minutes here. Uh, unbelievable. If, if you if you go back to the 80s, before the wall fell, in a lot of movies, 
and a lot of television shows that were centered on on suspense and and law enforcement and things like this. If there was the, the, a bad force in the story, it was either a Russian spy, it was it was uh, drug cartels, yeah. it was uh, human traffickers. Today, it is not uncommon to hear. Well, it was a group of white supremacists. It was a bunch of white males who did this, and and we should have been looking for this all along because everybody knows that white supremacists are the scourge of everything. It's that ideological political bent that is embedded in every single piece of public entertainment. And that's why you saw Netflix get, get it kicked in the teeth two quarters ago. People were tired of it. They're tired of having this ideology stuffed down our throats, even when we're trying to unwind from the world. You sit down to be entertained, and you have to have and you have to have proselytization about special interest in every piece of entertainment that you can look at. Meanwhile, they're saying that books that were popular before need to be racist because they used a word, uh, and yeah. the people today who are who are ostracizing those authors are looking through the eyes of 2022 instead of the eyes of 1935. And you know, Hollywood, uh, unbelievable. They totally swallowed up, you know, the LGBTQ, et cetera, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. And then the Chinese have uh, put so much money into there. They even changed the new edition of Red Dawn. Remember when the kids were sitting in mm-hmm. high school in, a, in their school? And here come the, I think it was the Russians were, uh, it could have been even the Chinese anyway, jumping out of the airplanes. First thing yep. they do, they go to the uh, courthouse and find out who has a gun permit. (laughs) Very interesting. But the remake, huh? Ain't no Russians and ain't no Chinese. I can't, I don't know who it is. It might be the, uh, the Koreans. (laughs) You take a, you take a look at who has a major stake in most Hollywood studio, big Hollywood studios. Yeah. It's the Chinese. So they're, they're not going to let you treat the, the Chinese military the way we treated the Russian military during the Cold War in our movies and our television programs. So if you don't think that there's special interest running interference and manipulating entertainment to craft a certain message, then you're not paying attention. Whether it's LGBTQ, whether it's, it's the, the, the threat of, a, of communist China, whether it's saying, you know, Electric vehicles are very, very good. We're going to work yeah. that into every commercial. We're going to work it into every – there's systemic racism. I, I watched television for an entire night and didn't see a commercial with one white person on it. And that's not representative of our demographic breakdown in the United States. I'm not saying that everybody has to be white, but you don't right. make up for sins of the past by overcompensating now. It only yeah. causes division and strife. Yeah, you're eliminate elimination of uh, probably the majority of the population. It's absolutely the majority of the population. It's like saying that we shouldn't, we should never talk about religion. You can never talk about religion in anything on television because it's, it could offend someone. But the overwhelming majority of Americans are, are have a religious background. They have a religious belief system. It's guaranteed in the First Amendment. But popular culture is trying to sideline it because if they can get to the point where government is seen as the alpha and the omega, then 
no one will question if government starts to say, well, that right doesn't really need to exist today. Like the Second Amendment. Guns don't really need – they're bad. Everywhere a gun is is bad. Well, that's not the truth, but that's what the media is telling you. They don't tell you about the stories about the guy who has a concealed carry who stops the shooter. There was a story about a, a an armed police officer who was working in a school who took down someone just, I believe, last week who was entering a school with a firearm. Mm-hmm. Averted an entire massacre that we would have seen 24-7 coverage of and every politician coming out of the woodwork to say guns are bad. Instead of saying, well, why did he want to pull the trigger? Well, there's a guy named Stephen Wilford who I have on every once in a while. And he's the guy in Texas that heard a shooting going on in the church. And he happened to have a gun permit at the time. You had to have one, I think, or something like that. Mm -hmm. And he went in and uh, killed the bad bad guy and saved everybody because nobody's armed in church except the bad guy. Uh, When you look at the statistics... And and right now you have to look at the FBI statistics with a critical eye because it's become it's coming to light again and again and again that the modern day statistics have been skewed because of politics, which is really should be cause for the call of a breakup of the FBI into into separate law enforcement agencies. It's corrupt and it's politicized from top to bottom. It's not serving the American people anymore. But when you look at the statistics from pre-politization of the FBI. You see that where concealed carries uh, permits are legal, these kinds of shootings don't happen. The shootings of of Chicago and New York and L.A., they're diminished in places that have concealed carry because the bad guys don't know if you're going to shoot back. You know, and in New York, uh, I guess uh, under Giuliani, was he the one that had that uh, stop and frisk or whatever it was called? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And, you know... And you think, boy, isn't this a free country? You know, you're walking down the sidewalk. Well, can you hold it just a second? We've got to see if you're carrying a gun illegally. You know, and a lot of people say, you know, we should never come to that. But that was a, that was a problem solved in, in so many ways. What's your feeling you know, on that? The idea of stop and frisk just walking down Times Square and pulling over random people was never what that was about. And it's not how it was executed. That's the way the media wanted you yeah, to view it. It was suspicious, as, right? Yeah. It's, it's, it was if one hair shy of probable cause to put handcuffs on somebody was stop and frisk. If I, saw you, if I saw you palming something off to somebody who palmed a couple dollars off in your left hand and you gave them what looked like to be a, an, a package of, of coke or, or meth or crack or whatever, in the other hand, it gave the police officer the ability to walk over there and say, I get the frisk you. And if you've got a weapon, you, I have, now I've got probable cause to throw the cuffs on you. It was not the American family walking down Fifth Avenue and policemen running up and frisking everybody because they can. That's a that's a false flag narrative that the media and the gun control people wanted to push. You didn't see the people of New York complaining about it who were law abiding citizens. They got to walk down the street without fearing for their lives. That's what they need on the subway right now. They need on the subway right now. They need it on the on the L in Chicago. Right now, Lori Lightfoot's idea of, of security on, on the L trains in Chicago is to have unarmed police officers with muzzled dogs. Boy, if I'm a bad guy w- with a weapon, I'm really scared. 
And she's got, uh, I can't, what is it, about 14, 15 people protecting her right now, her squad? She's got a heck of a, she's got a heck of a security platform. And the arrogance is still dripping off her. She's going into elections. So people listening in Chicago, do everybody a favor, send her home. (laughs) All right. Well, we're going to take that final break, Frank. And uh, when we come back, I want to touch again on, uh, because you were talking about Reagan's 1964, I think, 64 speech. And uh, I just want to ask you a quick question about that when we come back. If I remember, Frank Savato, undergroundusa.com, www.undergroundusa.com. He calls democracy messy, props up the Chinese Communist Party, praises Xi and his regime, known for violent oppression, invests in Chinese military companies. A defector? No. It's BlackRock CEO Larry Fink, the CEO of a major American company who's gone all in on China. Can he be more anti-American? Larry Fink, BlackRock, taking your money, betting on China. Message paid for by Consumers Research, an independent educational 501c3 nonprofit organization. Log on to www.consumerresearch.org to learn more. Everybody's talking at me. CRN, Chuck Wilder with Frank Savato, host of Underground USA podcast and Captain's America Third Watch, syndicated nationally, Salem Genesis Communication affiliate stations, and that's her twice weekly. Uh, what I wanted to ask you, because I was kind of curious about this, and somebody else was too, is uh, you were talking about uh, in this report and about Reagan's 1964 speech. Uh, do you have a link on that? <clears throat> Pardon me, or is it just best just to go ahead and Google it or whatever? No, uh, if you go to if you go to undergroundusa.com and and tap on the article, I have the uh, the whole speech on YouTube embedded on that in that article. So you can just click on it and hear it there. The missing of lessons of history, right? Missing the lessons of history. Missing the lessons of history, yes. Yeah. And you're saying that, you know, whenever you go out and vote, that you look beyond the R and the D, Republican and Democrat, and actually do the homework. And uh, people rely so much on whatever spill they're putting out on their, you know, voting books. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, it, if if you if you truly and honestly can't make the time to figure out who a candidate is, and there are so many places where you can look today, Ballotpedia is one of them. You can it gives you at least a cursory idea of who the person is. Um, you know, it's not hard to research who a candidate is. It takes a couple clicks and maybe fifteen minutes. But if you if you're going to try and you've got limited time, my suggestion is to follow the money. As as with anything, follow the money, because if all of a sudden OpenSecrets.org is a great website to go and see who's contributing to what and who, and if all of a sudden you see a bunch of far left packs and and far left advocacy groups dumping money into a campaign, you can pretty much mm-hmm. believe that that person is going to be a puppet of special interest. Now, once again, that's OpenSecrets.org. OpenSecrets.org, right. Okay. I'm going to put a star next to that one there. 
You know, it's when you delve into a into a group or to a candidate over there, and you start seeing who contributes to them. Mm-hmm. You know, it gives George you a, Soros, a good George stand. Soros, George Soros. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. yeah. So do your homework. You know, do your homework. You, it's your responsibility. That's what it, that's the responsibility that comes with citizenship. Raise your children, teach your children, provide oversight, and then enjoy your life. If we just do those things, our country would be a better place and less divided. Stop listening to the media tell, tell you what the norm is. They don't know what the norm is. They live in Hollywood. <laughs> there's nothing normal about Hollywood. You know, there's nothing normal about the entertainment industry. There just isn't. I was in it when I in my youth. It's not normal. I think it's when you were collar America. Yeah. When you were five years old, right? You were playing the part of a talk show host, I think. <laughs> no, I, I, I may have. I may have, but I had, a, know, I, had a yeah. career, I had a career in music in a former life. So um, I, I'm sure at some point I had a tape recorder and I was interviewing somebody. Absolutely. Hey, well, yeah. guess what? We have uh, run all out of time, Frank, and uh, certainly appreciate it. Look forward to the next meeting with Frank Savato. Thank you very much. Talk to you soon, Chuck. All right. Thank you there at CRN, all the help from the engineers and producers and et cetera, et cetera. And uh, thank you for listening, and God bless the United States of America. Be sure to like the podcast, give it five stars, or leave a comment if the platform lets you do that. Be sure to share it with your family and friends. That's important. That's how we get disseminated and grow. Sign up for our Substack over at undergroundusa.com. It comes directly to you and is not filtered through the sensors, so you don't have anybody interfering with the information you get. My name is Frank Salvato. You're listening to Underground USA. We'll be right back after this. This podcast is a production of the Compass Point Group. Hey, this is Judson Carroll with Southern Appalachian Herbs Podcast. One thing Frank always reminds me to mention is that my books and my podcasts are not limited to my region, the Southern Appalachian Mountains. I'm a master herbalist with a working knowledge of hundreds of herbs that are available all around you no matter where you live and keep your family in optimal health. I'm now offering a free newsletter through Substack. Please find me on Substack at Judson Carroll Master Herbalist or JudsonCarroll.com. And I look forward to communicating with you in the future. Thanks. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 